UGA Football News presents today's sports report. On today's sports report, we'll talk about University of Georgia football and more. And now, here's your host of today's sports report, Chris Hall. Hey guys, good to have you with us tonight on uh, UGA Football News. We're on Facebook and Instagram uh, tonight. And we're going to talk a little bit about University of Georgia football and uh, some of the items in the news. But first of all, we're, we're going to talk about a family feud going on within the SEC. My goodness, what in the world? Uh, Nick Saban, he, had a, um, he was at some kind of alumni meeting or something like that, had some very provocative comments to uh, make about uh, Texas A&M. You know, and uh, the recruiting that Texas A&M did in the last recruiting cycle. And then he also had something to say about Deion Sanders and Jackson State and uh, the accusation by Nick Saban that uh, Jackson State had paid a million dollars for Travis Hunter to come uh, to play football (laughs) at Jacksonville State. Uh, It's kind of interesting because Nick Saban and Deion Sanders they're in that Affleck commercial together. I mean, you know, supposedly these are guys that are supposed to be getting along, but uh, Nick Saban, boy, he was a little sharp in his comments. And of course, uh, Jimbo Fisher, you might've heard about all of this. We'll play some audio for you and show uh, some video as well. But uh, Jimbo Fisher really came back hot and heavy against Nick Saban. Uh, Kirby Smart up in Athens is sitting uh, on the sidelines watching all of this and saying, nope, not going to get involved in this. I I doubt very seriously if we'll hear uh, anything coming out of Athens from Nick Saban or anybody uh, from the University of Georgia in uh, what is going on in the SEC between uh, Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. Now, if you're on Facebook, you can send us a comment. We'd love to see your comments. We'll be uh, sharing uh, some uh, information with you tonight. Uh, I did get a, a couple of inquiries about, hey, uh, you know, Chris, have you have you gone dormant here? I, we haven't been with you live in a while. Well, I can tell you that uh, I was actually in the hospital, had a little surgical procedure, nothing major, nothing serious uh, or anything like that, just something the surgeons uh, say you know that well, well we need to we need to do this we need to get this done for you but i was treated very well by my good doctor in the wonderful hospital that i was in so i'm grateful for the attention that i received and i'm back and ready to go i'm about i don't know i'm about the 80 so if 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 we had to you know if we were playing a game with the university of georgia and me being at 80 percent, i could go i'm good to go I'm ready to go, you know, so anyway, uh, it's good to be with you on a Thursday night. Now, uh, we here at UGA Football News on Facebook and Instagram, we have a lot of things going on in this offseason time, behind the scenes, uh, some big upgrades coming, uh, some uh, good news coming uh, about what we can do to help uh, stay, uh, keep people informed about what's happening with the University of Georgia. Of course, our focus is on the football uh, team, but also we're we're keeping an eye on what's happening with Georgia baseball, as uh, you know that uh, season progresses. Our golf team, uh, the men's golf team, doing very well. So um, anyway, we're 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 keeping an eye on all of that. But let's get to the uh, hot and heavy news now. Here I was uh, yesterday, 
I was doing some perusing and doing some things, uh, getting, you know, some things together. My, my staff and I, we were getting some things together for our, our program tonight. And all of a sudden, here comes all of this thing going on with Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. And so, so I mean, it's wild. It's hot and heavy. So if you have not heard what happened, we want to... Uh, play for you on Facebook, you'll see the video. On Instagram, you'll hear the audio of of the thing that Nick Saban said about Texas A&M and their recruiting, and then what he had to say about Deion Sanders and, and the money that was supposedly paid in an NIL deal or something like that for Travis Hunter, from uh, who's from Georgia, to come play for uh, Jackson State. So uh, we, we want to play that for you. Just to kind of give you, you know, I could I could give you all the gory details, but it's a whole lot better to hear it, you know, and a whole lot better to see it, and it's a little more fun if they do it. So, so here we go. And you've read about them. You know who they are. I mean, we were second in recruiting last year. AM was first. AM bought every player on their team, made a deal for name, image, and likeness. All right, we didn't buy one player. All right, but I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it. There are rules, just like Nate said. We have a rule right now that says you cannot use name, image, and likeness to entice a player to come to your school. Hell, read about it in the paper. I mean, Jackson State paid a guy a million dollars last year that was a really good Division I player to come to school. It was in the paper, and they bragged about it. Nobody did anything about it. First of all, I'll say it's a shame that we have to do this. It's really despicable. It's despicable that somebody can say things about somebody and argue, more importantly, 17-year-old kids. You're taking shots at 17-year-old kids and their families. And they broke state laws. They're, they're, they're all money. We bought every player on this group. We never bought anybody. No rules were broken. Nothing was done wrong. It was all in the, and the way we do things, the ethics in which we do things. And these families, it's despicable that a reputable head coach could come out and say this when he doesn't get his way or things don't go his way. The narcissist in him doesn't allow those things to happen. It's ridiculous, but when, when he's not on top. And the parody in college football he's been talking about, go talk to coaches who coach for him. You'll find out all the parody. Go dig in wherever he's been. You can find out anything. And it's a shame. you got to sit there and defend 17-year-old kids and families in Texas A&M because we do things right. We're always going to do things right. But we're, not, we're always going to be here. We're doing a heck of a job. These coaches have done a great job. Our players have done a great job. The whole organization of recruiting people. It's despicable that we got to sit there at this level of ball and, and say these things to defend the people of this organization, the kids, 17-year-old kids, and their families. It's amazing. Some people think they're God. Uh, a couple of things, Jimbo. First of all, have you had any contact with Nick since? No. Oh, he's called. You just didn't take the call? I'm not going to. We're done. I just wanted to uh, just put it point blank. So no players in your you're saying that no players in the There's no, no law laws or anything ever promised done anything that goes against the laws of the state of Texas. And it's insulting to say a 17-year-old and his family broke laws. No. Okay, so <laughs> there, there was Nick Saban and his comments. And then Jimbo Fisher firing back. Uh, we, we, we tried to find some video today of uh, what Deion Sanders had to say in response to what Coach Saban said about Jackson State and suppose, uh, supposedly uh, paying... Uh, or uh, Travis Hunter to come play for uh, Jackson State. Um, didn't didn't find any, well, you know, there were a couple of teases that came from Deion Sanders and he says, yeah, I'm gonna say something. And 
yada, 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 but no video from him or audio from him. But here, here's what he did say. He, uh, Sanders said he woke up uh, from his sleep on early Thursday morning to send out this tweet. And here's the tweet that Sanders sent out in response to uh, Nick Saban's, um, you know, accusation that Travis Hunter had received a million dollars from Jackson State to play there and in an NIL deal, you know, name, image, and likeness. Sanders said, you best believe I will address that lie Coach Saban told uh, uh, tomorrow. I was awakened by my son uh, that sent me the article stating that we paid Travis Hunter Jr. a million dollars to play at Jackson State. We as a people don't have to pay our people to play with our people. That was Deion Sanders' response. Later on, uh, Sanders uh, made a statement. He said, look, I'm not going to pay any player more than I make to play for me. Reportedly, Deion Sanders makes about $300,000 uh, uh, for coaching at Jackson State. So he says, they no way I'm going to pay a player to play for me. I'm going to pay more. He's going to get more than what I get. So there you go. Now, late this afternoon, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey uh, came to the podium and he issued strong, stern public reprimands to both Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher after their heated uh, exchanges. Uh, Sankey uh, addressed both of them. Uh, he said, look, you know, and the SEC meetings, by the way, coming up on May 31st, May 31st through June 1st, at the, uh, that, that'll be the annual spring re meeting of the uh, SEC athletic directors. They'll be meeting down in Destin, Florida. Uh, safe to bet that Nick Saban and and uh, Jimbo Fisher won't be having any coffee together or anything like that. Anyway, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey came out. He uh, he read a public statement publicly uh, sanctioning both of them uh, for using derogatory comments and public uh, criticism of another institution's athletics uh, athletics program. And so he cited the bylaws and the SEC bylaws that gave him the authority to issue these sanctions. And so um, the SEC commissioner, Greg Sankey, issuing a sanction, uh, sanctions to both uh, Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher uh, today for all of this that is going on. So, I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. But I, I tell you, you know, that's what's happening now in college football. College football has changed so dramatically, and I guess it was stimulated by the pandemic. I mean, you know, when the pandemic hit, a lot of rules went out the window and a lot of things were put to the wayside that had been staples in how the NCAA governed college football. Those things went out the window, and now you have the transfer portal, and now you have NIL, name, image, and likeness. You have the ability for uh, players to, to to, um, you know, profit off of their name, image, and likeness. That was not possible before uh, it was allowed by the NCAA. I think the NCAA is way behind the curve. They're trying to, you know, uh, corral a bunch of cats. It's like herding a bunch of cats to get this thing back into some kind of a manageable way. A lot of uh, institutions are taking advantage of it, and they are offering to um, high schoolers high school kids uh, you know they say we want you to come play football for us by the way we have a collective that's what they call them 
we have a collective that can put together an NIL deal for you and you'll be able to make so much money, so many, you know, so many dollars. If you'll come play for our institution, our collective will work on your behalf to uh, make sure that you get paid for, you know, endorsements and things like that. Now, you know, just a few short years ago, that was impossible in college football. And now it's the norm. And some schools are really taking advantage of the opportunity. Texas A&M is one of those. Tennessee is another. Tennessee uh, has, has really upped their game uh, in, in the NIL deals. I think Georgia is, is uh, maybe a little behind those institutions, but they're quickly learning. <laughs> and yeah, as Coach Saban said, hey, it's the reality now. And if you want to keep up with what's happening in college football, uh, you're going to have to play with the hand that, that you're dealt. And so NIL and all this other stuff apparently is here to stay. So uh, kind of an interesting time uh, between uh, Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. And by the way, <laughs> oh boy, you got to love it. On October the 8th, Texas A&M will play Alabama. Texas A&M will be traveling to Tuscaloosa to take on Alabama. Isn't that going to be fun? On April, or October rather, October the 8th. Uh, time to be determined. I saw on, uh, I think it was Twitter today, someone suggests that CBS sells Super Bowl uh, commercial rates, you know, for the commercials for this game because it's going to be something. Uh, so that's October the 8th, Texas A&M and Alabama. So a lot of lot of things going on, uh, you know, in, in the world of the SEC between these coaches. Now, Nick uh, Saban did come out this afternoon and he said he should not have been personal. He, he should not have, um, he said he regretted naming names or pointing fingers or things like that. But he said, I still stand by my philosophy. I still stand by what I said. I just, you know, probably should not have named names, uh, pointed fingers. Uh, but uh, to say that Jimbo Fisher was hot at his press conference is an understatement. And Deion Sanders is having a lot of fun with this. I, I did see a couple of uh, responses that he has made. And, you know, Deion is so super cool anyway. And he's having a lot of fun with this. And his full response, I don't think it's come yet. But it will be uh, coming. And I did see where Travis Hunter, uh, you know, he's from Marietta, Georgia. He was the number one player in the last recruiting cycle. He, uh, you know, was expected, I think, to go to Florida State. And then he was leaning toward Georgia that kind of thing. And he wound up signing with Jackson State completely by surprise. The number one recruit in the country signing with Jackson State. Uh, he's from uh, Marietta. And uh, it did catch a lot of people, you know, by surprise that that happened. But I saw what Travis Hunter said today. He said, a million dollars? I got a million dollars? He said, my mama is living in a house with three bedrooms and a bunch of kids, and I got a million dollars. You know, it's, wow, it is, it is interesting. So the SEC meetings that will be held in uh, Destin in a, uh, a week or so, those are going to be very interesting. Uh, and um, as, as well as that game on October the 8th, I don't know who Georgia plays on that day, but 
I, I hope we can kind of stagger those games because you certainly want to see you want to see those games. And will the coaches meet at the midfield after the game and shake hands? Now the players will. You know the players will. That's just what players do after the game. Whoever wins, whoever loses, you're going to have guys that are going to greet one another and you know and give them the fist pump, the hug, and that kind of thing. But the coaches, I don't, <laughs> I don't think so. Unless they bury the hatchet between now and then. So we'll see. So that's about all we can say about that. Uh, if you have a comment about it, be sure to, uh, you can post that comment on Facebook and Instagram. And we'd love to hear what you have to say about uh, the, the brouhaha, I guess you could say, between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. Really, really kind of interesting. Now, let's, and by the way, there, there's Kirby Smart sitting on the sidelines being very smart. So far, as far as I can tell, Kirby has said some general things about the NIL and how the NIL is affecting college football and how the University of Georgia is dealing, you know, with the NIL and and this, just this new world of college football that he has not specifically addressed, as far as I know, uh, the thing going on between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher and that kind of thing. So, all right, well, let's get into some University of Georgia football news and let that soap opera play out, you know, and uh, we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, and did you, we just have a potpourri of things, just some things we kind of put together that you might not have been aware of, and we'll share it with you. USA Today uh, has put out their post-spring top 25, you know, top 25 uh, for college football. And they moved Georgia up in the rankings. USA Today had Georgia in the, you know, in the previous ranking, at Georgia number three in the country behind Alabama and Ohio State. Now USA Today has moved Georgia up to number two in their uh, post-spring top 25. So uh, USA Today has uh, Georgia at uh, number two behind Alabama. Pro Football Focus still has Georgia number three in the post-spring, uh, in their post-spring edition. ESPN rolled out its updated poll. They also have Georgia at number three in its rankings. So um, looking at Georgia's 2022 schedule, the uh, dogs will face three teams that are currently ranked in USA Today's top 25, but none of those teams are in the top 10. Oregon is the highest ranked opponent out of that group of 25. They're at number 14 in that poll. Kentucky at number 23. Tennessee at uh, number 25. So, man, we're ready. We're, what, how many days? We were counting up the days. We're like a hundred and something days away from kickoff of the uh, college football season. And so, I know this is early, but, you know, let's talk about it anyway. Uh, the college football season starts actually on Saturday, August 27th. Now, the NCAA is calling that week zero, okay? Not week one, but week zero. And uh, there, are, there are a lot of games scheduled for August 27th. And Nebraska versus Northwestern. You know, Duquesne at Florida State. I didn't know Duquesne had a football team. but I, And where where is Duquesne? Is that Iowa or somewhere like that? Um, Vanderbilt will be playing at Hawaii. You know, people at Vanderbilt is, you know, it's known as an intellectual institution. Well, that just shows how smart they are. They're, they're going to start 
the college football season on August 27th in Hawaii. <laughs> you go, you go Commodores and uh, we hope you win. But then the next week is actually week one. It's Labor Day weekend. And uh, so you, you have August 27th and then Saturday, September 3rd, Saturday, September 3rd. That is the Saturday before Labor Day. And these are not the only games that will be played on that day. I, I was checking out the NCAA list of, you know, games scheduled to be played on Saturday, September 3rd, and there are a million of them. I mean, there's all kinds of games. But the major games that will be played on Saturday, September 3rd, the Chick-fil-A kickoff game, Oregon versus Georgia. It will be a 3.30 kickoff from Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. It will be on ABC. And so that's the Chick-fil-A kickoff game, Oregon versus Georgia. Uh, Georgia is like a 17-point favorite at the moment. We'll check on that in just a minute. Uh, so that's the first game. Later that night, you have the Dukes Mayo Classic. That'll feature uh, North Carolina A&T versus North Carolina Central. But also on Saturday, September 3rd, you have some other interesting games. You have Notre Dame at Ohio State. Aha! That will be an interesting game. Both of those teams have aspirations, of course, to get into the college football playoffs. So you have an early season contest between Notre Dame, which will travel to Ohio State on uh, Saturday, September 3rd. So after Georgia beats Oregon, that night on ABC, we can watch uh, Notre Dame at uh, Ohio State. You also have West Virginia at Pittsburgh on Saturday, September 3rd. You have Cincinnati at Arkansas. Now, that'll be an interesting game. You know, Arkansas is an SEC team that's really really upgraded a lot uh you know sam pittman is doing a great job at uh, the university of arkansas they had a good season last season uh they've got some guys on the portal arkansas is a team to watch uh not only in the sec east uh, and in the sec but that will be an interesting game cincinnati and arkansas huh and then also on saturday september 3rd you have utah traveling to florida uh, Billy Napier, his first game as the head coach at the University of Florida. That's Saturday, September 3rd. Then on Sunday, September 4th. Now, remember, this is Labor Day weekend. Uh, you have uh, Florida State at LSU at uh, the Superdome in New Orleans. And uh, also you have Fl Florida A&M versus Jackson State in Miami, Florida at the Hard Rock Stadium. It's called the Orange Blossom Classic. And then on Labor Day night, Monday, September 5th, you have Clemson taking on Georgia Tech at, Merce at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So that's the uh, that's week one. You got week zero, and then you got week one. So we cannot wait. Time is clicking down, and we cannot wait. Uh, again, uh, here's a few more details. Uh, for uh, the Georgia-Oregon uh, game. It's set for 3.30 p.m. and uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. It will mark only the second time that Georgia and Ar Oregon has have met in uh, football. Uh, the previous meeting was in 1977. Uh, and Georgia 
won over Oregon 27-16. That game was in Athens. And uh, the 2022 Georgia-Oregon matchup will mark the Bulldogs' third appearance in the Chick-fil-A game. Um, so there you go. Um, Dan Lanning, of course, is the, the new head coach, former defensive coordinator for Georgia. He is now the new head football coach at Oregon. Oregon had a pretty good spring uh, from uh, the sources that I could tell. Uh, have picked up some players in the portal. Have some high hopes for the uh, coming season. Uh, the the uh, Georgia Bulldogs are favored by 16 and a half points over Oregon in that sem- uh, September 3rd game. Uh, according to FanDuel.com, Georgia is expected to be a double-digit favorite in most of its games in 2022, according to Matt Lineman, who is an odds maker. He says, I've got them at least an eight-point favorite in every game, and uh, they they will be uh, double-digit favorites, Georgia will, in most of their games in 2022. Uh, right now, FanDuel has Georgia at a 16-and-a-half-point favorite over Oregon, 17-point favorite over Florida, 17-and-a-half-point favorite over Tennessee, 16-point favorite over Kentucky, 28-point favorite over Georgia Tech. So those are the odds right now. Now, everybody wants to know, when is Arch Manning going to make his decision as to where he's going to play uh, college football? And here's the latest that we can give you on this. Uh, Arch Manning said recently in the last you know couple of days, he says, I have no idea right now where I'm going to play college football. He said, I have narrowed it down some but I don't have a timeline or anything like that. He said, in fact, right now, I'm just focusing on spring football at Isidore Newman High School, where he plays uh, football in New Orleans. His focus right now is on that team. Uh, The uh, Isidore Newman football program has never won a national championship or a state championship. I'm sorry, never won a state championship in Louisiana and, and uh, Manning is really focused on hopefully making that happen, happen this uh, coming year. You might've seen the, uh, the statement that Manning made about uh, Georgia and coach smart. He said, I love coach Kirby smart. He's a real normal guy, a great coach. Athens is probably the best college town I've been to. Uh, the coaches are all good people. They know how to win, know what it takes. And it was cool seeing that. And so uh, right now, Arch Manning has, you know, three schools, I guess, in his major queue. He has Georgia, he has Alabama, and he has Texas. Apparently now, if, if you know, and you're looking from the outside in, but if you can judge about maybe the temperature of what's happening between Manning and these schools, you would have to say that, that Texas and Georgia probably are the front runners. Manning has said that he is, however, going to visit the University of Florida. Why? We don't know. But he's going he's to visit the University of Florida. And he's also going to um, visit LSU, you know, in-state, the in-state school. So we can understand that. So that's the latest on Arch Manning. There's no timeline for it. Could happen, you know, later this summer. It could happen before 
the, uh, the fall high school season probably will probably will happen, you know, before the high school season kicks off for Isidore Newman high school. But uh, I don't know. We'll see that that's the latest on uh, what's happening with Arch Manning. Uh, a couple of other things we picked up. The early favorites for the 2022 Heisman Trophy Award. Pro Football Focus put out it, its early favorites for who's going to win the Heisman in 2022. Of course, the, the leading candidate, the favorite candidate, is quarterback Bryce Young from Alabama. Yeah, yeah, he won last you know, last year, so you would have to make him the favorite. Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud is number two on the list. And then you go down other potential Heisman candidates. Um, and most of them are quarterbacks. I guess all of them. Well, yeah, most of them are quarterbacks. Uh, number three on the list, USC quarterback Caleb Williams. And then you have Texas quarterback Quinn Ewers. Clemson quarterback Cade, uh, Cade Klubnik, Alabama edge defender Will Anderson Jr. Then you have Miami quarterback Tyler Van Dyke on the list. Kind of interesting. Uh, also on the list, as you go down the list, you have, uh, you know, there's some odds on South Carolina quarterback Spencer Rattler winning the 2022 Heisman Trophy. Wake Forest quarterback Sam Hartman is also on the list. Michigan quarterback J.J. McCarthy is on the list. And, and my favorite to win the 2022 Heisman Trophy, Stetson Bennett IV. His odds of winning the 2022 Heisman Trophy, 200 to 1. <laughs> hey, listen, you know, I'm sticking with Stetson. He took us to the big show, and so I'm sticking with my man. Uh, Cubs, I'm going get all you know, these, these, these lists are kind of useless, obviously, <laughs> you know, really, but it's fun to speculate. You know, you're in the off season, so you talk a lot about different kind of stuff. Uh, okay, what about recruiting for 2023? Uh, right now, 247sports.com, these are the, the leading colleges with the best classes for 2023 right now. Now, this is extremely early extremely early. I think Alabama has three commits to their 2023 class. Of course, after this thing with Jimbo Fisher, who knows what's going to happen with uh, Alabama, but we'll see. Uh, Georgia was number three on this list. They dropped down, however, but the reason they dropped down to number six is because one of their 2023 commits uh, was able to reclassify himself for 2022. Who was that? Yeah, get that for us. So here, here's the here's the, the the colleges with the top classes for 2023. Notre Dame is number one on the list. This is according to 247 Sports. Notre Dame on the one uh, number one. They have 13 commits for that class. Texas Tech number two. They have 20 commits. Um, Penn State is number three. Ohio State number four. Arkansas number five. Georgia number six. Georgia has eight commits so far for the 2023 class. And again, you know, Georgia was up there number three, I think, or something like that. But you had a you had one of the uh, top commits. I don't know how they do that, you know, but re he reclassified himself. He's a part of the 2022 class. Tennessee is number seven in the list. Uh, USC, number eight. Louisville, 
number nine, Northwestern, number 10. You have to go all the way down. I don't know where Texas A&M is. <laughs> Do we know? Okay. We don't care. Okay. We don't care. Uh, but, you know, you go all the way down the list, number th 35, the, the 35th ranked class for 2023 in recruiting is Clemson. Number 36 is Alabama. But they only have three commits. Um, so, you know, uh, the class is building and all of that's going to change. You'll have your usual suspects at the uh, top of the rankings for 2023. You'll have Notre Dame, Ohio State, Alabama. You'll have Georgia. And you'll have those wascally wabbits from Texas A&M, Jim, Jimbo Fisher and the crew. Can I tell you something? And I, I don't mean... <laughs> Should I say that? Yeah, why? Well, yeah, okay. I, you know, I've never been a Jimbo Fisher fan. I, I just, you know, I think he's a good football coach. I don't know. I just never been a Jimbo Fisher fan. Now, that's not to say that I'm a great Nick Saban fan, you know, by any means. My favorite coach, I have three top favorite coaches. Number one on the list is Kirby Smart. Number two is Kirby Smart. Number three is Kirby Smart. You see that G? That G means something. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, I do like Dabo. I, I like Dabo Sweeney. You know, I just like him as a guy. He's a lot of fun. Um, what is this? Oh, this is Georgia's. This is Georgia's. Yeah, you want to run over that right quick? This is Georgia's schedule for 2023. Oregon, we talked about that. They start September 3rd, Mercedes Benz Stadium. Then uh, Georgia comes home for Samford. Sanford at Stanford Stadium. Sanford from Alabama, of course. Uh, and the all of the, the rest of the games, times are to be determined. You know, they'll be determined. But September the 10th, a Saturday, you have Sanford coming to Stanford Stadium for the uh, first home game of the season. Uh, then you have South Carolina. Georgia will go to uh, Columbia, South Carolina on September 17th. September 24th, Kent State comes to Athens. October the 1st, Georgia will travel to Columbia, Missouri to take on the Tigers. On October the 8th, Auburn comes to Athens for that uh, big matchup with the Tigers. On October 15th, uh, Vanderbilt will come to Athens. October 29th, you have Georgia and Florida playing in Jacksonville. Uh, number, November the 5th, you have Tennessee coming to Athens. November the 12th, you have Mississippi State. Uh, Georgia to, uh, Georgia will be going to Mississippi State. And people are saying, mark that one on your calendar because that could really be a trap game for um, for Georgia. Uh, you know, going to Starkville and those cowbells <laughs> that will drive you. Okay. Uh, anyway, that's November the 12th. Kentucky, Georgia goes to Kentucky Lexington on November 19th. Georgia Tech then comes to Athens on November 26th. So there you go. So listen, if you're engaged to be married or something like that, be sure to check the Georgia football calendar to make sure. To make sure. Yeah, we we knew a guy. He was really having a hard time. You know, he was getting married on this certain date, and it was a big game that Georgia was playing. So he actually he made him put up a television at the reception, the wedding reception, so that, you know, everybody could celebrate the wedding and watch the game. 
So there you go. Now, we, we did mention that the, the SEC meetings are coming up in a couple of weeks. And right now, there's, there you know, okay, Texas and Oklahoma are coming into the SEC. When is that? 2024. And so, you know, there's a big discussion now on scheduling. Okay, how, how are we going to schedule? You know, what's going to happen? Are we going to keep two divisions of the SEC? Are we going to go to pods? Are we just going to eliminate the divisions and, you know, have the top two teams somehow figure that out to play in the SEC championship game? You know, so there, there's a lot of discussions. There there are will be proposals made at the SEC meeting. There may be decisions made at the SEC meetings. Uh, you know, it could be that divisions, the SEC East and West will be eliminated and and right now there are eight SEC teams scheduled on each SEC uh, school schedule. You know, each team plays eight SEC teams who are in the SEC. That may go to nine, probably will go to nine when you expand. Uh, but the you know the talk is there'll be some permanent opponents for each team. They'll play nine SEC games during the season. But there'll be certain teams that each team will play every year, keeping those traditional rivalries and that kind of thing. If there are three permanent opponents kept on the schedule, you know, if you eliminate divisions, if there are three permanent opponents kept on the schedule, the, project, the projection is that for Georgia, those three permanent opponents that they will face year after year would be Auburn, Florida, and South Carolina. If they go to four, four permanent opponents, you can add Tennessee to that list. So, you know, if they eliminate divisions and if they go to this nine game schedule in the SEC and you have three permanent opponents or four permanent opponents, you know, you, you, you got some things going on. And of course the, you know, the, uh, by the way, the PAC 12 has already eliminated their divisions, uh, the Pacific you know, uh, Pac-12 have uh, they have eliminated their divisions. The ACC is seriously considering that. The um, SEC apparently is talking about it, and so you know you'll 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 still have a championship, an SEC championship game. But you know there'll be tiebreakers and all kinds of stuff. Oh, it's a sticky wicket. And so we'll keep an eye on that. You know, there's got to be a decision on that with the University of uh, uh, Texas and Oklahoma coming into uh, the league. So we'll keep an eye on that. Anything new on the, the Saban saga with Jimbo Fish? Nothing new? Okay. Uh, just a couple of uh, other items. Uh, CBS Sports put out their ranks of the top coaches in college football entering 2022 the top uh, power five coaches. And so here, here's CBS Sports. Here's their ranking. Uh, number one on that list is Nick Saban. He's, according to CBS Sports, the top, the best college football coach in the power five conferences entering into 2022. Number two on the list, Kirby Smart. Number three, Dabo Sini, uh, uh, Sweeney. Number four, Lincoln Riley. Number five, Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo loses again to Nick Saban. 
I know. He's really in his head, isn't he? Or the other way around. Maybe it's Jimbo in Nick's head. Who knows? By the way, you know, uh, Nick Saban, here's what he says. He says, you know, I want to, he, 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 he says, look, beyond the NIL, we want to give our, our, our we want to develop our players and give them the opportunity to play in the NFL. And he said that, I don't know, former Alabama players in the NFL now, or this may have been in previous years, have earned or are earning $1.7 billion? Is there some kind of thing? So anyway, uh, number six on the list of the uh, top power five college football coaches, Ryan Day from Ohio State. Brian Kelly from LSU, Kyle Whittingham from uh, Utah, Jim Harbaugh from Michigan, Mike Gundy from Oklahoma State. So there you go. Is it time for us to go? <laughs> it is. Everybody has been so patient. We appreciate you sticking in here with us on UGA Football News on Facebook and Instagram. We'll we'll um, we'll close with this. You know, I love baseball. I've been a Braves fan and a, an Atlanta Braves fan ever since the Braves moved to Atlanta back in the 60s. I I remember that. Did you know that one of the first radio broadcasters for the Atlanta Braves when the Braves moved from Milwaukee to Atlanta was Dizzy Dean? Dizzy Dean, you know, the Hall of Fame pitcher. The, you know, they made a movie about him and Dizzy Dean. And he was... He was a radio announcer for the Atlanta Braves when the Braves first moved to Atlanta. I remember, I remember it very well. Uh, but you know, occasionally, uh, my son and I will will go to a ball game. The last ball game we went to uh, for the Atlanta Braves, I uh, took my grandson, and now that was a lot of fun. I had never caught a foul ball, never caught a foul ball in in all of the times beginning in my childhood and all through the years of going to see the Atlanta Braves, I had never caught a foul ball, hadn't even got close to one. But at the last time we went to see the Braves play, I did catch a foul ball. There you go. And it was recorded on national TV. We'll have to get that video up and show my prowess. And catching a foul ball happened to be that, you know, I was caught on camera, just, you know, gliding with grace. Well, I happened to catch the thing anyway. And so I was so proud of myself. And the ball boy also gave my grandson a foul ball. You know, he got a foul ball. We were close to, you know, ground level and he got a foul ball and gave it to my grandson. So we had, we got two balls that night. Well, and we closed with this. The other day at Fenway Park, the Astros and the Red Sox were playing baseball. Okay. In the second inning, the Houston Astros hit five home, five home runs in the second inning. In one inning, tied a major league record. That's cool, right? That's cool. One of the cooler things is that one fan caught two of those home run balls. One fan got two of those home run balls in the same inning. How about that? What was his name? Do we have his name? Not in here. Okay, we didn't get it. Anyway, he was sitting up in the green monster, and a guy hit a home run, and he caught it. And then, like, I don't know, four pitches later, 
An another of the Astros hit a home run and he caught that one. <laughs> Same thing happened back in, I don't know, 2020, uh, 2017 or something in Dodger Stadium. But there you go. So we'll close with that. Okay, now Jimbo and Nick, I'll be on the phone with you guys later. We got to get this thing worked out. Y'all boys need to play better now. Anyway, go dogs is what we can say. Thank you for being with us tonight. We'll be back with you again very soon, talking more about UGA football news and a bunch of other stuff. Why not? God bless you. Have a good night and go dogs. Thank you for joining us for this edition of today's sports report. Be sure to join us for our next program as we keep you up to date with University of Georgia football and more. Until then, be safe and go dogs.